Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Recently, I've been receiving a whole ton of messages from students asking about the application cycle. Everything from the basics like writing a CV and cover letter to much more specific questions, things like how does a group exercise work in an assessment center when everything's being done completely virtually online because of the pandemic? Or how do you build rapport with someone when it's being done via Zoom instead of in person? So with the help of my colleague, Zhao Yuzhang, we're hopefully going to unlock a few trade secrets and take a deep dive into some of these questions through a series of episodes, career-focused, so you feel as best prepared and as confident as you can be when applying for roles in finance. So good luck, I hope it's useful, and let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the next installment of the Career Hack podcast series, and I'm joined by Zhao. And following then our transition over to interviews specifically, we're now going to pivot from how to respond to questions that you don't even know how to answer from last week. And we're going to have a look more about how to pitch a stock. It's a really common one. I get questions on this all the time because it's a, it's one of those that, that come up more often than not. How do you, how do you pitch a stock? How do you pitch yourself? Uh, I guess it's, it's kind of tied to that. So there's a few key priorities to this uh, and Zhao's going to help me deconstruct this and give a bit more guidance uh, for everyone. So the key priorities being the structure in itself, the depth of content, and the ability to tell a good story and ultimately show your your passion. So Xiao, I guess to start then, can we, can we go into the structure in itself and talk about that and what that looks like? Yeah, sure. So I think in terms of might it be a stop pitch, might it be just interviewing in general, one of the key struggles for many of the interviewees is getting the, the communication part right. You know, you may have a lot of, uh, you know, great content, but how do you deliver in a very concise and precise manner is, is something that takes quite a lot of practice. So I think structure for stock pitch is definitely key, especially depending on which division you're interviewing for, you know, the amount of time allotted to this can vary quite a lot. Um, so typically I would recommend students 
uh, having kind of three parts to the structure. So first is really like an introduction, but you can really treat it as almost like a summary, basically explaining the firm, for example, you are looking to pitch. Um, and depending on how well known it is, then you can spend, you know, more or less time on this. If, for example, you're pitching Apple, um, you know, you can be quite brief about what the company does, but maybe you can talk about, you know, the revenue split and so on if you wish. Um, and then here, usually you would also, um, for example, mention some of the overviews, your perhaps actual thought, your exact view on this stock right now like what's the current price what do you think the target price might be uh you could be going long or you could be going short uh and so on so that's the summary then to back up your reasoning you would have the uh kind of three reasons and each one you can dig into detail and then finally you can kind of have a conclusion to to wrap the whole thing up that's the the, the general uh structure i would say yeah so so you mentioned apple there and this is one i get asked all the time is like should I do Apple? I know Apple quite well. I read about it all the time. It might be a stock that I'm invested in. So I know it intimately. It feels natural. I'm quite positive about the brand. I feel like that's quite a good uh, win on the communication side. Hmm. But then the, the, the question I think a lot of students ask is, is that too vanilla? Like Tesla now has because become to everyone, death. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so is there any guidance on that in terms of like being too niche? Or how do you find something that's going to intrigue someone who's interviewing you? Sure. My again, my personal opinion on this is, you are far better off finding a, a stock or asset that you are comfortable with, and not just comfortable in terms of you hear the stock all the time, but it's a stock that enables you to tell a good story, and ideally, it's within an industry or, or perhaps something that you have quite a lot of passion about. That usually just makes you a whole story come across quite well rather than just sounding robotic as if you're just you know essentially memorize the script and and just reading off the script and i think in my opinion that's probably the key now i, I appreciate the student may have concern oh maybe the student before me did the same page on apple but you know it, this is actually one of the things sometimes the interviewers do they they tend to ask for example if they interview five people a day there might be one question for each interviewee that that's exactly the same because they're trying to do compare and contrast. And if you prepared well, um, you're able to talk about Apple, um, you know, in depth, I, I, in my opinion, and, and with passion, that, that's absolutely fine. Okay, so, so beyond then the, the kind of top level, the overview of, of the firm or say our product, its price target as you see it, um, what would be the context to give more depth of content over, over these firms? How sure. far do you go? Yeah, so this kind of depends on which division I would say you are interviewing for. So let's just be clear here. A stock pitch can come up, um, you know, when you interview for, say, uh, equity research, uh, very, very common, or just research division in general. It doesn't have to be pitching actual stock. It could be like a macro asset. Um, you get something similar to a stock pitch, but more really on the valuation front of, uh, say, valuating a company when you interview for IBD. Um, you also get stock pitch in sales and trading, asset management, and so on. But the amount of time you have to actually conduct this pitch can vary quite a lot. So for example, uh, for research and 
in the IBD, you could even get what's called basically a takeaway homework, where they give you the company and some data beforehand, you have a week to prepare the slides, you know, beautiful slides, and you go on the day, you have 10 minutes to pitch this, right? It's a whole project itself. Whereas say in sales and trading, it could just be that as part of the interview, you know, that someone just casually mentions that, hey, would you be able to pitch a stock for me? Maybe because they actually work in sales in, in equities, as an example. Um, so, so it's situation dependent, the amount, the, the amount of time you have. Obviously, the, the depth should vary. But generally speaking, I think, you know, in terms of depth, especially with the three reasons you give to support your argument. Um, you know, try not to be vague, not just saying, oh, yeah, I believe it's good because, you know, uh, um, uh, for example, iPhone 13 has come out, right? If you're able to talk about, for example, back, back your statement up with data, right? For example, the sales figures, um, you know, the quarterly earnings of Apple and et cetera, then, uh, then combined with, say, you can talk about the industry overview, tr overall trend, uh, and so on, it's much more convincing. And one other part I think is also quite crucial when talking about things in depth is to remember to mention the risk. You know, it's all great to say what the upside is, but let's face it, right? It's, it's, not, it's not just a walk in the park uh, and there will be associated risk. And also, you know, what's the catalyst, right? What, what would be the trigger point for some of your assumptions to take place and so on? So I think those are the ways to really... Uh, build on the story yeah and i think that um that storytelling is kind of like an onion peeling the layers off and i, I saw a good um kind of list of notes that you made for, for this episode which was like macro industry specific company specific and i think that's nice because then it incorporates what you just talked about so let's say that the i, I want to look at u.s equities so u.s equities as a say stock index like the s p 500 I have to take into account the macro picture. So mm -hmm. I need to look at things like inflation, the yeah. labor market, Federal Reserve policy. So you talk about, you get to showcase your macro knowledge in that respect. And then you pick a sector. Okay, I'm talking about technology. Okay, how did technology perform in a higher rate yield environment comparative to say value stocks and growth stocks? And then it goes down and then you go down again. And technology, as you know, could be split into software infrastructure chip makers semiconductors software consumer electronics right now now it's like we're getting granular now and now it's about okay so in the semiconductor space apart from amd qualcomm adi other ones like who are the other players and so this i think that brings a really nice way to introduce little pockets to show your knowledge um, obviously yeah. that you have to know you, you have to know quite a few elements here and i Absolutely. hope that people um watch my briefings to help with the first layer which is the macro context which is definitely what i would specialize in but then when it starts going more granular that's when you have to get a little bit more specific in in your analysis but but yeah it's such a such a good way that you kind of said and how to how to explain these things yeah i i think i and also just to add to that i i think might it be the structure might it be the depth of content um, it just takes time. Uh, it's often I see students coming to me a week before the soup day or the assessment center uh, or interview uh, asking how to do this stuff. And the first thing I'll tell them if they've been with me for, for a while is, you know, what happened to the preparing advance that we talked about, right? Um, a lot of this is, is accumulation. For example, the, the structure stuff is not good enough if you just know it. You have to really 
you know, practice this and you, you have to basically live by it, right? And, and that takes time from a soft skill development perspective. And also a lot of the depth of content, um, yes, you can arguably just read Financial Times, um, you know, or The Economist the week before and maybe catch the, the, the few, few uh, versions of the sessions before that. But, you know, it, it's far more convincing and often, especially for cases that you haven't prepared for, if you've accumulated that over time. Um, and, and yeah, so, so I think it's just, just something students should bear in mind, especially when they plan for a new academic year. You know, this is a, a weekly thing. Yeah, and I, I know from experience having interviewed you know, lots of analysts uh, from my previous desk, and it was yeah, the ability to spot someone who was superficial in knowledge, as you mentioned, like cover of FT. I've, mm. I've, kind, of, I've kind of read up on what's happened this week. Mm. So that person sounds incredibly different to the person who's, who, 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 like the person interviewing you, does. They wake up. Yeah. And they're involved in the markets. They're a market participant. And you can do that as a student. You know, my, whether it's my briefings or I do a tweet of my market notes for the open at 6.45 in the morning, I purposely write them so they're three minutes to read. But it's the routine that then allows you to become fluent. Absolutely. Like learning a language, right? If you go to France and live in France, you're going to yeah. learn to speak French far quicker than if you live in London and you're trying to learn French. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, so yeah, absolutely. just a couple of things there, but okay. So just, just tell me how this is all very much like a, a stock specific. So what is the connection here? Uh, how tight or loose is that correlation between pitching yourself rather than a company? Is it exactly a uniform, same approach or is it slightly different? Yeah. So, you know, we, we've, uh, kind of went over the general overview of how, how you, you you look at this for stock pitches. We mentioned it doesn't have to be a stock, it could be a macro asset. And actually the same principle applies, in my opinion, to, for example, the structure um, and also some of the con content depth and, and, and storytelling um, when you're pitching yourself, which in my opinion is one of the most likely question that comes up at the beginning of an interview. Um, because most of the interviewers don't necessarily go into an interview with a script of say five questions they're going to ask. Um, you know, as we mentioned in, in the previous interview recording uh, session, that that they, they you know ask questions depending on what you say. And so the the most common question to start might be, you know, tell me about yourself or walk me through your CV, uh, pitch yourself to me, and so on. The the principle is the same. It, it's an opportunity for you to showcase that you are bright, Jen, and, and you know you got to tell a story to, to showcase that. And usually, again, you, you can summarize your background first, and then maybe you give three different stories, just like the three reasons you're backing the, 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 the stop pitch. You give three reasons why, you know, maybe you're the right candidate, or maybe if you're walking through your CV, here are three stories I'd like to pick out to tell you, rather than actually literally walking through everything on your CV um, to highlight who you are. And you can go into more depth by not just describing what you've shown on CV, and perhaps it's not even on your CV, CV, uh, the, the, the point you're trying to make, uh, but really trying to, you know, uh, make sure you showcase, for example, some of the abilities they're looking for, uh, might be in the job description, the internship description, uh, or that, you know, make connections of, for example, how much research you've done about the firm or the company, the, the industry or the division and so on. So, so those type of depth also applies, in my opinion.
Yeah, I just had this really awful memory come back to me as you you were talking then of when I did I did an interview once for a sales role, and the guy it was two guys, uh, and it was kind of like good cop bad cop. And then the guy I sat down, and in the first five seconds, the guy kind of tossed my CV at me across the table, and he said, "Okay, <laughs> other than being a sporting, you know, really good at sport, what else can you do?" Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> it's, I just, it's probably i can imagine it's probably the way that person he, said yeah, it he, he well, definitely right? was being aggressive and that yeah. kind of leads us then into what we're going to discuss uh next week so to give you a bit of a flavor um that was my hook my attempt at hook there <laughs> into the next episode so uh, we're going to talk about we can talk i can t- tell you how that interview went for me but you'll have to wait till next week uh, and how i dealt with that situation um but that's quite common, right? So how do you tackle different types of interviewers? I mean, Zhao just said, like, they might do this whole kind of copy repeat. So they get a more direct comparison to how each person has responded, or they go with the flow. But even within that, here's here's some of the (laughs) types of people that we're going to talk about. So you've got the Incredible Hulk, think it goes without explanation what that type of interviewer is probably going to be like so the hulk then you've got the Y man or the digger so say i explained something and it's just like my three-year-old daughter is why <laughs> and you explain why uh, and obviously that's a very testing uh, situation to be in then the king of queen we'll explain more about what that is next week and then the technician and there's there's a whole load of others as well that we want to delve into because I think it's good I always think management of the situation particularly in a high pressured situation always comes from your reference point of what you're expecting and if you're aware of the different varieties and characteristics or or of interviewers or their techniques it's less than uh, intimidating and throws you off track I think uh, when that situation arrives so we'll we'll get into that uh, next week but yeah. Anything else to, to conclude, Xiao? No, that's, um, you know, the, I, I think the, the key part. And then I guess the, the only other part that I just want to, to add really is about the telling, you know, the, the might be pitching yourself or might be pitching your stock, you know, tell the story with a passion. I think honestly that makes a, a huge, huge difference. Just to, to, to uh, give an example, I was recently doing a mock interview and it was for IBD uh, virtual mock interview. And um, you had basically three candidates all gunning for healthcare uh, related I- IBD roles, essentially. Um, but two of them studied finance background and the other one studied basically uh, medicine. And the, the lady who studied medicine, you can just tell she had so much passion when she was explaining you know, why and also pitching about the industry when, you know, one of the typical questions in IBD is, well, tell me an industry you're interested in or maybe a company you're interested in and why. And the way she answered that question was just so different. And you can, you can feel it because she's been living and observing the change in this industry during her, her you know, uni times as an undergraduate, now as a postgraduate and so on. Um, and I thought that's just a really good example I, I experienced recently where, where, you know, you can really just tell the person's definitely not just for the sake of being financed, but actually interested in the industry and so on. So, yeah, so it's so a passion and good storytelling 
uh, uh, very important too. Yeah, uh, uh, that that book, uh, Homo Sapiens. I'm sure a lot of the listeners would have read that. It's very famous. It's a best-selling book, 2019, 2020, and uh, they talked about the uh, the ability for the human race to achieve things that it has and and get to where we're at in 2021. And a lot of it is based out of an ability for humans to tell stories. And I won't go into like the the scientific conclusion <laughs> about what religion and its purpose it's served for building a communities and having a shared kind of faith in a, in an ideology that then allowed the storytelling to get bigger and societies to grow and people to communicate from different tribes or different species in this sense in terms of ethnicities. The storytelling. The point being is that without complexity, storytelling is the is an innate thing that we as um, social beings are programmed to do. And so, yeah, as Zhao said, if you can tap into that, um, it's a very powerful thing. And yeah, just to, to cement what Zhao said, it's like, think of if I was to talk, let's say I'm a big Arsenal football fan, of which I'm not, but let's say hypothetically, would Zhao think I come across with the same passion, enthusiasm, and detail of knowledge when I talk about Arsenal Football Club as I would about the US twos tens flattening in the yield curve? As a test, if you can talk the same passion from Arsenal to the yield curve, let's say, then you know you're hitting the right notes then with your enthusiasm. So it's, it's a tough thing. Part of this is the sell obviously and that's that's a skill that can be worked on but um cool well look we'll, we'll wrap it up there as i said next week stay tuned the different how to tackle different types of interviewers we'll go into that in depth uh, but in the meantime thanks for listening thank you Zhao, as ever and i'll see you next week all right thank you all Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.